0: Mark the fifth chapter from verse 21 to 43, and I'm reading the message translation. After Jesus crossed over by boat, a large crowd met him at the seaside. One of the meeting place leaders named Jairus came. When he saw Jesus, he fell to his knees beside himself as he begged. My dear daughter is at death's door. Come and lay hands on her so she will get well and live. Jesus went with him, the whole crowd tagging along, pushing and jostling him. A woman who had suffered a condition of hemorrhaging for 12 years, a long succession of physicians, had treated her and treated her badly, taking all her money and leaving her worse off than before. She had heard about Jesus. She slipped him from behind and touched his robe. She was thinking to herself, if I can put a finger on his robe, I can get well. The moment she did it. The flow of blood dried up. She could feel the change and she knew her plague was over and done with. At the same moment, Jesus felt energy discharging from him. He turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said, what are you talking about? With this crowd pushing and jostling you, you're asking who touched me? Dozens have touched you. But he went on asking, looking around to see who had done it. The woman, knowing what had happened, knowing she was the one, stepped up in fear and trembling, knelt before him and gave him the whole story. Jesus said to her, Daughter, you took a risk of faith and now you're healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, be healed of your plague. While he was still talking, some people came from the leader's house and told him, Your daughter is dead, why bother the teacher anymore? Jesus overheard what they were talking about and said to the leader, don't listen to them, just trust me. He permitted no one to go in with him except Peter, James and John. They entered the leader's house and pushed their way through the gossips looking for a story and neighbors bringing in casseroles. Jesus was abrupt. Why all this busybody grief and gossip? This child isn't dead, she's sleeping. Provoked to sarcasm, they told him he didn't know what he was talking about. When he had sent them all out, he took the child's father and mother along with his companions and he entered the child's room. He clasped the girl's hand and said, Talita, come, which means, little girl, get up. At that, she was up and walking around. This girl was 12 years of age. They, of course, were all beside themselves with joy. He gave them strict orders that no one was to know what had taken place in that room. Then he said, Give her something to eat. Bible before breakfast, Mildred King go here. You know by now how much I love Bible stories. This is sometimes I wish I you know, I really wish I was in the room. You know, I don't I I really, really wish I was there. Like seeing all of this happening, see Jesus Telling them, get out of here. She's only sleeping. She's not dead. And then people laughing at him. And I, I played over and over in my head. But I know it will be an entirely different experience to be in the room. Sometimes I wish I was in the room. Now, this narrative is one that, if we look very closely, we can find some hidden gems that we can run our lives by. Now, this man, Jarius. He was a leader and he was a Jewish leader. And you must understand that at the time, the people, the Jewish people did not necessarily believe, especially the leaders, did not necessarily believe that Jesus was who he claimed to be. But this guy had a problem, a problem that was bigger than whatever anyone else was thinking. And I think that sometimes we get to that point in our lives where you're going through stuff that you know that only God can help you. At that point, you need a solution and you need it fast. You're not really thinking about what people are going to say. You know, when you start, when you keep saying things like, what will people say? You don't have a real problem. When you have a real problem, you realize that you're alone. You are, you're not really focused on anyone else. It's just you and God. And at this point, Jarius was looking at his future sleeping before his very eyes. His daughter was his future. His daughter was at death's door. And so he went and he knelt down before Jesus and he begged. He wasn't thinking, Is it the Messiah? Is it not? Is it what he's saying? Is it in line with the law? Is it not? He wasn't bothered. He just wanted a solution. And sometimes, until we get to that point of desperation, we don't really get our miracles. This guy got there and he said, Come and lay your hands on her and she will get well and live. He was in faith. He was sure. He knew that Jesus only needed to lay his hands on that girl and she would live. Listen to me, Jesus puts his hand on your life, your life can never remain the same. Take it from one who knows, I gave him my life 30 years ago and I keep saying it, he has never mismanaged my life. He has made all the difference. Because of Jesus, I live. And so Jesus decided to go with him because that's how he is. That's just the Jesus that we serve. Compassionate. He didn't stop and say, you know what? Have you not been among the Jewish people that did not believe in me? Why, why should I come and help you now? No, the Bible says that he will give to you what you want without finding fault with you. That's our God. And so he went with him. And along the line, We introduced the woman with the issue of blood, the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, and she'd been through everything. We talked about her yesterday. She'd been through everything, lost all her money. In fact, they left her worse off than she was before. The Bible says she heard about this same Jesus. And so she said to herself, I can just touch him. I know I will get well. She was in faith as well. And the minute she touched him, she was healed. Jesus was on a mission. Jesus was going to heal Jairus daughter, but someone needed Jesus along the way and she took what she needed from him. At this point, every time I read this scripture, all I can see is that Jesus is the El Shaddai. He's the multi-breasted one. He's the one that we can all take from and he's not exhausted. Virtue had left him. One would have thought that he should sit down there, take a meal, take a nap and say, you know what? Virtue has left me. So let me rest. No. There was enough for the woman with the issue of blood to get her healing, but there was enough for Jairus' daughter to get life. So Jesus stopped and attended to this woman, which is another thing I love about him so much. Every single one of us is important with him. I'm not more important. Pastors are not more important. Children are not more important. We are all equally important in God's eyes. He was on a mission to save someone's life. But he took the time, not only to heal the woman with the issue of blood, but to listen to her tell all her story. The Bible says that she told him everything. And if you know anything about women giving testimonies, trust me, you will get details says she gave him the whole story so she probably started from when she started seeing her period what happened when her parents found out she was bleeding when she was unclean maybe she, she because of that she never got married or maybe she got married and her husband put her away she told all the stories the first doctor she went to the second doctor she went to how she now eventually heard about jesus how she made up the bible says she gave him the whole story and jesus stood there patiently like someone who was not in a hurry to go and save someone's life that's him. He gives us all equal attention. Whether you give your life to Christ this morning or you give your life to Christ 30 years ago like me, he gives all of us equal attention because he absolutely loves us. Every single one of us is valuable to him. And Bible says while he was still there talking to this woman, some people came from Jairus's house and said, your daughter is dead, so there's no need to bother Jesus anymore. But Jesus overheard what they were saying. And he said something. He said to Jairus, don't listen to them, just trust me. Don't listen to them, just trust me. Don't listen to them, just trust me. And this is the same thing I'm saying to you this morning. No matter how much bad news they've given you concerning your life, you can't make it. You can't pass that exam. You can't get that job. You can't, you can't be who you want to be. You can't be who God has called you to be. You can't. Jesus said, don't listen to them. Just trust me. The Translation says it a bit differently, but the same concept. He said that Jesus refused to listen to what they were told and said to the Jewish official, don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep on believing. If you believed before, keep on believing. Don't yield to fear. Once you yield to fear, fear will take over. If you don't yield to fear, faith stays in place. It says all you need to do is keep faith in its place. Keep on believing. Jesus heard them, but he refused to listen to what they were told. It's the same thing. Don't run away from the facts, but don't listen to the facts. Listen to faith. Listen to what God is saying to you. And so Jesus, from that point, moved on with the guy and he went to his house. But because he needed to protect the atmosphere of faith, the Bible says that he did not allow anyone going with him except Peter, James, and John, people who already understood his pattern of operation. And then he entered the house and he saw a lot of people there. And Jesus said, why all this busybody grief and gossip? He says, this child is not dead. Why are you all here? You know, the world is there and they're all watching you. You must know who to pay attention to. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Jesus was very sure about what he wanted. He said, some of the people around you are not there because they are there to support you. They're not there because they really believe in you. Some of them are there with their busybody grief and gossip. So Jesus said, focus on me. Focus on what you believe and when he went in there, he said, little girl, get up and the girl got up. Now, let me tell you something I noticed about the scripture. After the little girl got up and they were all rejoicing and they were all happy, Jesus said something. He said to them, give her something to eat. Give her something to eat, meaning give her something that will sustain this miracle. Keep your miracles and your victories sustained. Just because you have one testimony of what God has done, it's not enough to just rest there and rejoice. These people were beside themselves with joy. That would have been a good place for Jesus to say, you know what, let's celebrate, let's have a praise party, let's give some more testimonies. He said, no, 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 no. Let's not forget that if we don't give this girl something to eat, we can lose this miracle. It says, give her something to eat. Feed your faith. Once you have a testimony, feed your faith for more testimonies. That's my challenge to you this morning. Give yourself something to eat. Good morning. What a wonderful way to start your day. Bible Before Breakfast with Mildred Kingsley Gogo.